When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this episode, I'm joined by my regular co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo and Brian Farver. I hope you boys brought your shovels because we're going Disney Plus dumpster diving. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> You're making it sound like we're looking for garbage. Well, so, okay. Let's, let's, let's break it down for real, people real quick here. We're talking Disney Plus on this episode because it's the second anniversary of the streaming platform. But instead of talking about those movies you see advertised with the huge banners when you open the app, we're digging deeper into the depths of Disney Plus to find those sneaky little films that are in Mickey Mouse's library, but people might not realize are there. So, a candle shoe with Jodie Foster. What? Candle shoe? What the fuck is that? I watched that in the fifth grade. It is. It's really troubling. It's a troubling movie. I would if like it's a not list about of her things that you watched in yeah. the fifth grade. I, no. I want a whole list. Uh, Hacksaw would be on there as well. Also on Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, Hacksaw the horse. Oh boy. And all the boogities. Yeah. Oh no. Boogity went back to when I was uh, a wee child. Yeah, I grew up with boogity. Is this is this what the podcast is going to be? Instead? No, no. Well, I mean, it'll eventually I know get there. Let's just try to stay on track at least five three minutes into this. <laughs> Fine. OK, but before we dig up the skeletons buried in Mickey Mouse's backyard, I got to tell you, the playlist podcast is part of the playlist podcast network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. But before we get to our topic at hand, I'd like to put Mike on the spot and have him tell folks about the newest podcast on the Playlist Podcast Network. Mike? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, me and, and our editor-in-chief, Rodrigo Perez, started Yellowstoners, uh, where we talk about the uh, one of the best shows on TV, Yellowstone. And surprisingly, we are not stoned while we do it. But <laughs> since that was the kind of uh, the, the idea behind the show, uh, we might actually do that towards the finale. So, yes. So there you go. <laughs> For all those people demanding Yellowstone content. And I think it was Rodrigo um, who just kind of willed this into existence. <laughs> Wonderful. But if there are other people out there, and, and there are apparently like what? Eight, Eight million? million. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, Dude, good watch good on you, good. Taylor Sheridan and, and uh, Kevin Costner. It's a great and show. The Paramount Network. Apparently, 8 million people have access to the Paramount Network. Go figure. Yeah, cables of wonder. Yeah. And, and if people don't catch it on Paramount Network, is it a, it's a Peacock thing, right? Uh, you can watch the older seasons on Peacock, yeah. Oh, you can't catch up on, or you can't watch season four on Peacock? Not day and date or the next day, I don't think. Oh, geez, what a mess. It's, yeah, it's all over the place, man. Screw Yellowstone. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to be a guest on Yellowstoners. Yes, you will. Especially okay. if we're both stoned and need it. That's like true. A I might have to steer the, the <laughs> ship a little, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. Okay. So with all that out of the way, listen to Yellowstoners. New episodes every week. Episode one's already out. Um, wow, you're really selling it. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to the topic at hand. Let's talk Disney. More specifically, we're going to talk about Disney Plus because, as I said, today marks the second anniversary of the streaming service, which in a short time has become one of the biggest streaming services in the world. Seemingly, Shocking. I know, catching up pretty quickly to the big dog Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there's still like tens of millions behind Netflix, but hey, in two years, that's not bad. Not bad at all. And in celebration of its own birthday, Disney Plus is celebrating Disney Plus Day. Uh, not the most interesting or clever name for it, but whatever. Uh, I give it a D plus. Oh, 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 good. 
you would have right there. I like it. <laughs> so in honor of Disney Plus Day, we're going to be completely ignoring Marvel Studios, Pixar, Disney Animation, and Lucasfilm. And we're going to talk about some of the buried treasures that can be found in the bowels of Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, f- films that we enjoy and recommend for listeners, but films that take more than a couple of clicks in the app to locate. Yeah. Um, but before we talk about our picks, I think it's worthwhile to, to take a second to talk about Disney Plus as a platform. Uh, I think we've all been Disney Plusing, as the kids say, since day one, right? Yeah. Yes. Genuinely. Yeah. So are you guys happy with the service two years later, Mike? Still love it. It, it is worth every penny. We use it all the time. Brian? Especially with kids. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I am as like excited about it as I, as I was you know, when it first launched. Um, but there's still plenty of stuff on there. Um, and yeah, like you said, I mean, you will find some, some hidden gems. I mean, just last night, my son and I were watching some of the old goofy shorts from the early 1940s. So there's, were they racist? Uh, there's, well, there is tobacco usage. Um, boy. Yes. Um, and there was a chip and yeah, you know what? There was a chip and Dale when we watched that did have a very racist moment. Uh, Did they have that warning in front of it? (laughs) uh i can't remember actually but uh, i remember it took me by surprise it was so <laughs> so jarring um <laughs> let's just say it involves a pancake and and donald duck and oh geez um, i don't even know it, what you're talking about that sounds it terrible. ends badly we'll put yeah. it that way ends okay. badly anyways uh so yes i i it is still worthwhile there's no way i'd get rid of it um, oh, well that's my next question since um you know we have streaming services all over the place, all looking for our monthly money. Uh, how would you guys rank Disney Plus? But more in terms Ooh. of like the must-have status. Do you consider Disney Plus a must-have or a nice-to-have but not necessary sort of thing? Mm. It's a must mm. for me. Yeah, I, I agree. Must. Yeah, it's there, there really is too much and for every age group. So as the kids get older, there is still more. More I mean, are, are you going to tell me that you're not going to like sit there and, and watch the Marvel shows as they come out? Or you're just going to like, I'll catch up later. That kind of thing. Are you going to be that guy? Who are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm watching them. You know, I still I made it through. What if if I'm going to watch what <laughs> nine episodes of what if I'm going to I'm going to soldier through. Let me ask you this. If Yellowstone was on it, would you watch it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um no <laughs> there would be a crap on from there. from disney plus yeah for sure but there, brian is also right there is there's some there are some turds yeah uh, for sure we're not going to be talking about the turds but there there are plenty a lot of those uh what would they be like mid 90s to early 2000s disney channel movies disney Ooh. channel movies Oof. and then like movies that disney just acquired like there was a recent movie called rocket man uh that that was on there that not the um not the one from 1987 who was in that who was in rocket man i don't know i don't think of his name harlan williams yeah yes Yes. (laughs) no this was a a documentary and it was just it sucked um (laughs) wait are you wait are you talking you're not talking the uh the one with uh uh kingsman guy in it Taryn Ed- uh, Edgerton. That is Edgerton? a different movie. No, not the Elton John bio. This is about a dude who tries to recreate Evil Knievel's jump over the Snake River. Does he canyon. die? No, but it's oh. just like all, it's basically just him begging people for money to fund, <laughs> fund this jump. And it's just unwatchable. And Slash is in it. <laughs> but you um, watched it. So it's not unwatchable. I, I, yes, I did watch it. But if I wasn't doing something else while I was watching it, then... Wait, it wait, wait. Were you vacuuming or ironing? Or what else do you say you do sometimes when you watch watching I, I was on my on my stationary bike in the basement. Oh, okay. and yeah. Masturbating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> he wasn't that's... pedaling. He was just furiously <laughs> masturbating watching Rocket Man. That's, that's my term for, for biking, yes. <laughs> Okay, let's let's get let's get to the topic at hand. For and real we're still time. on the rails. We're still um, so we've we chose three movies and these are movies we all tend to like for once. Yeah. Um, unlike mm-hmm. our, our Halloween episodes where we were furiously <laughs> debating each other. I think I think we all picked movies that are generally good. So um, with that out of the way, let's talk. With, let's start with Mike, because I think Mike's pick. Oh, sure is something that surprised me when I found out it was on Disney plus. Um, but I think it's something that uh, playlist readers and, and listeners are particularly going to enjoy. So Mike, what did you choose? What did you yes, discover? Of course. I mean, there was no other choice for me. The 2015 movie, uh, fantastic four. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. No, 
No, it, but it does have fantastic <laughs> in the title. Uh, it's Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. Um, so if you are like me and you're looking for something, your pretentious children can, uh, <laughs> you know, those pretentious little bastards with the royal taste, Tenenbaum children. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, then look no further than Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox based on Great. the wonderful Roald Dahl classic. I'm imagining like five-year-old kids pointing with out like the tree and the shots. Yeah. And talking about, you know, his themes and act structure and all that. Yeah, absolutely. But this one, it really is a like for like, seriously, it's one of my favorite movies of his. And it's definitely one of his most universal. So uh, it's one of those that, I mean, it, it's a Wes Anderson movie. So every like shot of it is intensely curated and labored over. Uh, and of course, in true Wes Anderson fashion, the cast is... Stacked to the gills with George Clooney, Meryl Streep, Bill Murray, Jason Schwartzman, Owen Wilson, Willem Dafoe, Adrian Brody. The list goes on. Uh, and uh, the score is great. Alexander Desplat, um, if that's how you say his name. Uh, he's I'm delightful. sure it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. A very, very fine composer. Yes, he is. And that's the way I've always said it in my head. But uh, And then uh, another Wes Anderson-like fixture a lot of mildly obscure earworms to to go with the the score and that the whole family can boogie to so i'm all about it and it's it's like a kids movie but it's also something that's very like uh well written and uh obviously it's based off the the roll doll book but you know it's it's it, it still holds up as far as everything that's in there it's about you know the importance of family trust persevering together all that jazz but there's also like there's an element of environmentalism there's discussions on ego and and socioeconomic status so i mean that's it's that's what i love in my kids movies yeah but i, I look for class it's warfare digestible and, though yeah okay <laughs> um and it works so i mean and and it's like one of anderson's funniest films like the most laughs per minute for sure for yeah for his movies and yeah, I love it. I love it. But if you don't know what it's about and you just kind of want to know, it's about like this flailing self-involved former bird thief turned writer, Mr. Fox, played by George Clooney. And he basically plunges his animal neighborhood into a war with the human farmers, Bogus, like, what is it? Bogus, Bunce, and Bean. Yes. Uh, <laughs> because they can't, you know, stay away from stealing his their stuff and you know he can't resist his former life of crime and you know it kind of involves or evolves into you know this building of a, a community and uh, a, a clashing of his ego so it's good i love it yeah and and so we got to mention that this isn't a disney movie this is actually no. a fox movie um, a fantastic but, Mr. Fox movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, considering Disney bought Fox and decided to handpick some Fox selections to put on the Disney Plus, that's how it ended up there, which I think is why it's surprising because it doesn't really sit next to Mr. Boogity all that well, um, mm -hmm. but it's there nonetheless. <laughs> so, uh, and, and from Mr. Boogity, I go to Brian. Um, what are your thoughts on Mr. Fox? This is, in my opinion, his... Uh, Wes Anderson's last truly great movie. And I've, I've, wow. I have enjoyed, I, you know, elements of the films he's made after, uh, but like, especially compared to his only other stop motion film. Isle uh, of Dogs, this which is one, also on the streamer. Also on the streamer. This one is so far above that. Um, it is. I will agree there. Man, it's, it, this is, this is as good as it gets. And like I look at the trajectory of his films and there's some, you know, films that, you know, kind of are on the same level as others, but then you get to here and it's like, I, it's got every Wes Anderson ism in it, but done so creatively. But it's also in stop motion and hilarious. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like, and I mean, all of the, the voice acting, which again, it's, it's a lot of the, the, the Wes Anderson. Yeah. The, the, the his usual cast. Yep. Um, really quick. Who is Christopherson? Who plays Christopherson? Is that is that another Anderson person? I I couldn't remember. I I didn't think it was Eric Anderson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that 
Oh, was that yeah. his brother? If I remember correctly, was Possibly. Anderson's brother? I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I think like I don't know. It's 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 very easy to look at this movie and say, oh yeah, this has that this has that symmetrical feel of every other Wes Anderson film. But it's I don't know. Um, it it just it's very looks, charming. It's charming. It it just looks neat. I the needle drops are like I love the scene when he's like trying to rally the troops and he's like calling them by their what their genus or scientific names mm-hmm. or something. And mm-hmm. what's the music? Isn't it Beach Boys? Um, I mean, they do. Yeah, they do use Beach Boys quite. Yeah. And there's a Rolling Stones moment that I thought was Mm -hmm. pretty cool. Um, And uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Whack bat. Nothing like a a little good game of whack bat. That's, (laughs) yes. Seriously, this, this movie to me just flew by um, Mm -hmm. when I first saw it. Like, it was that good. I don't think I quite understood one part about the ending. Like when he saw, I think when he saw the, I don't want to spoil anything, but he sees that, (laughs) the wolf. I didn't quite get that. Um, uh, a very small complaint though not even much of a complaint i love that part just the fist in the air i love it I love yes it so much. it's it's see that again that's you just explained it like this is this is that's nothing to complain about um yeah. i i've yeah mike this is a great choice i love this movie you're damn so, right so what's interesting about this is i'm not a huge wes anderson fan um, here we go no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna oh. talk shit about wes anderson <laughs> this isn't the podcast for that i think fantastic <laughs> mr fox is a fine film if you're into wes anderson and stop motion animation and all that it's it's perfectly fine but when you look at his uh filmography i think it has a very interesting place um Bottle Rocket and Rushmore are kind of its own thing. And then he kind of crescendoed early with Royal Tenenbaums. It was kind of like announced himself as the Wes Anderson we now know. And then you have yeah. The Life Aquatic and The Darjeeling Limited. I love those, yeah. And mm-hmm. and I, I think that those were kind of not the same. I think they were a bit of a letdown for a lot of people who were expecting that Rushmore Royal Tenenbaums thing. And then he and then he comes out with Mr. Fox and kind of just changes everything again. Um, does animation, does, you know, his his little, you know, squee moments and and all that. Um, <laughs> and then he and then he kind of just from there is just like been on a, a steady incline, right? Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, Isle of Dogs, whatever, that kind of just fell by the wayside. But then French, French Dispatch, which just came out. And these were, I think he announced himself as like an auteur director at that point. Um, and I think it's kind of started with Mr. Fox uh, I for think, myself. I think he came out as an auteur director. Yes. <laughs> I don't know that he's ever been anything. <laughs> I will agree but... with that, yes. Well, no, but like you look at Bottle Rocket especially is a very different movie. But uh, Rushmore. But Rushmore right away. Like that was an indie <sighs> darling. Yeah, but that was indie, fine. I think he wasn't the Wes Anderson we know until Tenenbaums. And then I think he kind of went in and kind of went off a little mm. bit and and went astray with uh, Steve Zissou and Darjeeling. And then kind of- Disagree, cr- great movies. You, there might be fine movies, but I don't think that they were what he wanted. He wasn't the guy who was like always in the Oscar conversation until Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's okay. all I'm saying. All right. And that's a compliment. That, I, what I mean though is this movie is like, kind of like he, he's been- uh, on a rocket ever since just getting more and more popular um i mean to the point where french dispatch has been like you know everybody's been talking about this movie for a year nonstop. so yeah so you're saying it was his way into america's heart i think it was i think mm-hmm. it was i think by taking an uh roald Dahl book uh getting george clooney as the lead and doing animation where you're allowed to be eccentric and weird and you know kind of hyper stylized and everybody just it doesn't look weird um it just looks fitting i think he was able to take what is he does best and put it in a genre that i think arguably it fits better in so yeah it's like the perfect pivot for him like you know he by that point he'd done yeah the the prep school movie the the genius children movie he did a you know underwater submarine whatever film <laughs> whatever that movie was train uh you know sibling bonding and then he adopts a rolled doll book and stop stop motion animation like perfect like of yeah. course he's going to do something like that um this is like his peak i mean i'm and i'm not saying that in the sense that this is his best movie just that at this point it's like okay i i'm completely on board with wes anderson and then well i don't know <laughs> then then, the, then there was the aftertime it's but. funny because i think i think a lot of wes anderson fans point to like one movie 
you know, mm-hmm. like this yeah. is the and my it's all movie. a different movie. <laughs> yeah, it really very is much. Very I much. Talk, I was talking to my wife about this, too, because uh, for me, it's Rushmore. I think Rushmore is a great movie. Um, so good. I know uh, when you guys interviewed Luke Wilson, I know uh, Brian was all about Bottle Rocket. Mm hmm. Yeah, and very know, watchable. Yeah, and I know that my very wife watch very watchable. <laughs> I know my wife was like, "Oh, I love Moonrise Kingdom." I'm like, "What? Really? Yeah, um, okay, I cool." Like that movie too. And then there, you know, Grand Budapest won like like four Oscars. You yeah. know, so a lot of people point yeah. to that, but uh, it's it's just it's really strange. I think it's great. That Do you think not- there are any Isle of Dogs out there? Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't think there are. I think that movie came out at a weird time. Well, that um, was just it, a lot of people were going to compare it, or were expecting to compare it to Fantastic Mr. Fox, and, and it it's wasn't. Just, it's not that kind of movie. No, though. no. I think it was a misfire, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it was. Uh, I definitely don't think it was his strongest work, but no. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was good that. Well, I think the problem was he took four years for that movie to come mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, people were expecting something more than what it was. And then I think it's good that it's been another three for French Dispatch, because I think the stink of Isle of Dogs is kind of worn off a bit. That's um, true. <laughs> and I think people are, are super hyped. It's almost like this is his follow up to the Grand Budapest. So, you know, good for him. And, yeah. and like I was telling Mike before, uh, he's already finished photography on his new untitled movie that was filming in Spain with Tom Hanks, Margot Robbie, and like a million other huge actors. Are you and, talking about Asteroid City? I don't know oh, what it's, I don't know that a right. title has been officially announced. That, that's um, the next one. Wait, Hanks is in that? With I Hanks didn't know and Margot Robbie and Scarlett yeah, Johansson. Yeah, I don't, I didn't know that the, the title was announced. It was. But, um, cool. Yes, Asteroid wow. City. And then uh, apparently, uh, reports going around that he's already getting ready to prep his next next movie so oh, uh we won't have to wait three years for a new wes anderson uh probably won't even have to wait another six months we'll see um, i bet jason schwartzman's in it uh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh and bill murray but uh murray. or tilda swinton yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> i mean god we we joke like oh he's only getting jason schwartzman bill murray and tilda swinton adrian brody i mean these are like incredible actors good for oh, him yeah. I, I like that he's just like every few movies he'll pull somebody else in who then sticks around for a few movies or it's for, almost like, ridiculous though right like he's gonna have to start doing like french dispatch like anthology films just to have yes. parts for everybody exactly or exactly. he can do like an avengers thing where he brings all the characters together holy <gasps> sh- <Ugh>. no <laughs> looking at the cast list for asteroid city it's and you have huge. to go one two three four five six seven Seven to get to Scarlett Johansson. Eight, oh my nine, God, I'm 10, 11, 12 to get to Leah Schreiber. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 for Matt Dillon. I mean, like this Fisher is- Fisher Stevens, baby. I know. Oh my God. Hackers. Hackers. <laughs> Hackers own Fisher Stevens. Or Short Circuit, but we don't recognize that movie because he is a very problematic in that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the cast, as you were saying, Brian, he keeps bringing in more people, but he doesn't get rid of old people. Yeah. So now he's just, I, I don't know where he gets the money or these people are just doing it for scale. And, you know, they're I think just like, people do Wes Anderson just to do Wes Anderson. Yeah. He brings out something in these people like Bill Murray, just that was his second, you know, career resurgence was with, yeah, Rushmore. Was with Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, gosh, I wonder if to, you know how you see these actors and they'll do like these major movies and then go and do like four plays in a row. Yeah. I wonder if like Wes Anderson is so strange and eccentric that it almost feels like doing a stage show to them. It's just like such a change. Of that wouldn't surprise that it's, me. It's well, he wonderful. creates what I've heard is that he creates, it's like a summer camp environment. Right. Right. So it's something that actors are very much into and uh, it's very conducive to just kind of their kind of thing. So is exactly. Wes Anderson, the auteur Marvel studios. Uh, in the sense that he's only able if he to does a crossover. Well, no, but only if he's yeah. in the sense that he's able to just like create an environment that these people who are like the biggest names in Hollywood are just fighting each other to be part of. Like it's yeah. nuts. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. All that so to we're say saying is, is Charles is wrong and <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about his pick. Yeah, no, we're, we're, well, yeah, we are actually going to segue into my pick. Um, <laughs> I was going to go to Brian, but if you don't mind, Brian, I'm going to. No, the next no, spot. no, no, please. I, 
Can't wait to talk about yours. So I chose 1987's Chris Columbus teen comedy Adventures in Babysitting, starring none other than Elizabeth Shue. Um, mm-hmm. and, and here's my spiel for this. Uh, to me, this is part of a plethora of what I think are kind of what are like second tier 80s teen comedies. Um, but that's not How a bad dare thing. dare you? I, that's not a bad thing. I feel like when we talk top tier 80s teen comedies, we're talking John Hughes movies, right? And then yeah. you have, for lack of a better term, the John Hughes ripoffs. And I think Adventures in Babysitting definitely fits in there. But that Absolutely. said, it's, it's, it's really great. And I think it's right up there with the Hughes films. But a lot of people just have slept on it over the years. Um, so for a long it, time, I assumed it was a John Hughes movie. Right. Place agreed. In totally agreed. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the similarities because they are there. But Adventures in Babysitting, for those that don't know, follows one night in the life of Chris Parker, a 17 year old babysitter who stood up by her boyfriend and forced to pick a night of babysitting for another family. Um, however, shenanigans ensue as Chris is compelled to take the two young kids to Chicago in the middle of the night and go on a pretty nutso adventure. Uh, thus the title. The film, like I said, and we've hinted at, is heavily inspired by Hughes films, especially for me, it's got notes of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, mm-hmm. but also a little bit Uncle Buck. Uh, and and yeah. I think the main reason the film stood out for me as a kid was the Thor subplot, um, where there's this little girl obsessed with Marvel Comics Thor and finds a young Vincent D'Onofrio who looks exactly like Thor. <laughs> And to with the me, hammer to boot with the hammer, his entrance is fantastic with that wig, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just remember as a, as a comic book nerd itching for any sort of like representation on screen, yes. like, please, let's see some Avengers. God damn it. And then to see like, even though it was fake Thor and his Vincent D'Onofrio in a wig and, you know, whatever, it was just cool to see that. Uh, Isn't so, that sad? Like the mention of superheroes know, was the I reason I watched it. My wife, okay, so we watched this last night um, and my wife had never seen this movie. And when the Thor thing came up, she just started giggling. And she was like, it's so hilarious that there was a time when people didn't know who Thor was. <laughs> and if you don't remember, uh, one, one caveat to this pick, by the way, is that they show the edited for TV version, which yeah. is, is kind of a bummer because it takes out some of the, the language, but you know, whatever. Don't fuck with the babysitter. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Don't. Don't uh, fool fool babysitters. Yes. What they is that it? Oh God. Sure. Uh, it's just hilarious that there were like kids in 1987 who were like Thor. How stupid are you for liking Thor? Um, <laughs> you know, and then Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth is like a A-list God right now. Anyway, that's why I chose the movie. But Brian, do you have any thoughts on adventures in babysitting? Uh, first time I saw this was actually on a Betamax. Um, wow. Of course it was. Yes. Because at what least happened, what, fi- at least 50% of the audience doesn't even know what you just said. No. <laughs> uh, what happened was we had gone to an estate sale, my family did, and got a, a beta machine and like a huge like case of tapes and uh, oh, what's this? Adventures in babysitting. Well, this could be anything. And I put it in and it was, turns out to be a movie and starring at the time, uh, Bradley Whitford. The, uh, <laughs> yes. Contagious. <laughs> um, and starring at the time, you know, I only, I only knew her from back to the future part two and threes, Elizabeth shoe. And yeah, I, I think that one was I just blazed through it. I just thought it was super fun. You're right. I this is better than Ferris Bueller. It's whoa, it's, whoa. This is better whoa. than Ferris Bueller. <laughs> I, I might go that far. I literally have a Ferris Bueller's Day Off poster, like yes. hanging in my office. I fucking oh, love that movie. But that is, uh, oh, it's great. one of my favorite movies of all. Time. But but yeah, I, it is very Ferris Bueller. It's definitely that sort of vibe. Um, but I I don't know that it's there. This I, is like a B plus know. and Ferris is like an A. This one has, I mean, just when you think like, okay, well, this, I see how this scene's going to play out. Now let's pivot back to like, there's a, there's a subplot with her friend who, this is how the movie kind of like <laughs> picks off that she has to go and pick up her friend, uh, Penelope Ann Miller from uh, the bus station. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Yes. And very uh, problematic scenes, by the way. Oh my gosh, those scenes in the bus station are, are, are something Homeless else. Homeless people but... fighting over uh, phone booths as their home. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just love the guy shoes. flashing the gun, though. Yeah. <laughs> just smiling, <laughs> huge. And then uh, like a homeless lady stealing her glasses. Oh my gosh. Anyway, 
it's so it's, good like, it's hilarious but it's also you watch it you're like it's very 1987 yes and every movie that's i don't know that there's maybe a ton of them but every movie that's tried to rip off this plot like mike you had said the sitter with with jonah hill, <laughs> jonah hill um, yes. is the biggest offender but this there's there's no there's no toughing this um no, no. even like the opening scene i remember as a kid when she's dancing on the bed uh, mm. getting ready for her big date like just getting kind of like pumped up like wow this this seems like a really fun time look how much fun this uh this girl is having right now you know what that scene does is it makes every teenage boy fall in love with her jesus Mm -hmm. christ yeah like i I mean there is it's such a good scene in setting up how charming and likable she is that you're just along for the ride the whole movie also at no point do you believe that brad bradley whitford is in her league no no, 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 no and, no. and you think like maybe he's her dad <laughs> no 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 yeah because bradley whitford can't look 19 by the way like, he's did always you know, been 45 did you know this the car they used for his car the camaro was his and that so cool license plate was also his stop that's what? bradley whitford had a so cool license plate. i i, I want to believe that but i also think that's suspect <laughs> Because like that just screams like too convenient because it's actually a plot point because remember they make fun of the guy because they're driving to Chicago and uh, you know, the kid's like, he's got the so cool license plate. Mm-hmm. Like what a nerd. Like mm-hmm. I don't see Bradley Whitford actually having that. Hey, if it's on IMDb, it's real. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I want it to be real. I really do. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was also fun for uh, me to point out every actor in this movie to my wife and be like, oh, this is so-and-so. I was like, Elizabeth Shue, you may remember her from The Boys. (laughs) I was like, creepy breast milk lady. And she was like, really? (laughs) And then I'm like, Bradley Whitford, you know, the guy who would have voted for Obama for a third term if he had the chance. (laughs) You know. What else was the little girl in, uh, the girl who loved Thor? Has she been in anything else? I don't know. I don't know. I don't believe so. familiar outside of this. she is she is the sleeper mvp of this whole movie though oh she's awesome she's yeah. so good maya um, yeah oh that sounds familiar yeah she was apparently in back to the future in some what? some form i love how brian has just subconsciously cataloged everybody from back to the future that he doesn't even realize it <laughs> yeah he's I'm like wasn't she in something where like back to the future he's like ah yes yes <laughs> but uh anthony rapp uh is a good actor and um, he has the best laugh when it when things really when, when the when the car or the, gets the flat tire yeah. when, and he's just laughing like i just start laughing immediately he's so good I, those kids are great i love that so when i'm watching it i'm like man this is really like over uh was like hyperbolic in it the way they treat like the city right like not mm-hmm. even 1987 chicago was that bad right but um <laughs> I, I if you look at it as kind of like through the pov of 14 year olds and 15 year olds like yeah chicago at midnight is pretty scary um and 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 when you watch that with that idea it kind of all works and anthony rapp really sells that as the sex crazed like 14 year old (laughs) who just wants a damn playboy guys it's all he wants is a damn playboy i i have to say too that you know i know it's it, it leads into the scene i just mentioned where the the tire goes flat and anthony rapp is laughing and everything but when when Elizabeth Shue was telling that story about the, what was it? What was the story? The claw she was telling guy that, or the, yeah. the guy with the hook hand that rips the faces off kids. It's, you know, it's not like we've heard this story before. Like, it's not like the scariest thing, but for some reason it sets up the scenes following pretty yeah. well. Cause then they encounter that the, the, the tow truck guy with the hook and like handsome. Jump through it. Yeah. Yes. Every little character in this movie is just it doesn't matter who the actor is they play that role to a t like yeah give it a hundred percent yeah i agree i think uh i think the the standouts are definitely elizabeth shoe i think she i think yeah. she uh ignited the hearts of millions of teenagers in the 80s and 90s because of this movie uh mm-hmm. i think anthony rapp is great in this movie i think the little girl maya bruton's great Penelope Ann Miller really sells the hell out of being a, a really scared, frightened teenager in a bus station. Um, Bradley Whitford. Is it sad that I only just realized Penelope Ann Miller is the same person from Relic? (laughs) Oh, yes. 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 I only just realized that. What did Um, she say? Like, I think he's going to kill someone. 
maybe me because <laughs> he's flashing a gun yeah <laughs> really happily though yeah Very yeah happily. oh it, i i wonder because they obviously can't show like a flasher but i wonder if that was yeah. kind of like chris columbus's like ah, tongue in cheek yeah. wink at the camera flasher idea because he's yes. he's literally got a trench coat and he's opening it up going oh with a gun <laughs> fantastic like, it's really funny <laughs> He does uh, have the glee of a flasher for sure. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> it was almost like it was in the script as a flasher. And then on set, they're like, we can't show Dong. Like, <laughs> we can't <laughs> do <start>. this. <laughs> does anybody have a gun? Like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's probably too soon for that. Yeah. Um, is it loaded? Oh boy. All right. Ooh. And Bradley Whitford, we we mentioned he he is like the perfect 80s villain asshole guy, right? Like, yes, he's made for it. Um He's, he's so good. So good. Agreed. Yeah. So yeah. Wonderful pick. Great movie. I wish it wasn't the censored made for TV version. Um, but you know, it's still incredibly likable and fun. Uh, avoid at all costs. The 2016 remake. Is that when that uh, came out? 2016? Yes. Jesus. We were, we were on Disney plus and we were watching it and it, it does recommend that you immediately start watching the remake after. And <laughs> My wife was like, well, let's do it. We got to at least give it a shot. And I was like, all right, cool. And no, 10 minutes in, we turned it off. It was terrible. It's just, it's such a 2000s Disney Channel movie that it, you know, has got the like little teenage girl star of the moment, like the Ariana Grande type. And it has like very little to do with the actual original movie. And it's just stupid. Like cell phones are used all the time. I don't know. Just silly. <laughs> not worth it cell phones lame well <laughs> obviously in 1987 if any of these people had a cell phone problem solved right away there would yeah. be no adventures yes um but yeah so anyway adventures in babysitting seek it out it's fantastic with that out of the way i want to uh go to brian because brian's pick i think might be the best choice overall and something that I know Brian has been itching to talk about for more than a year now on this podcast. <laughs> so <Yes>. Brian, <laughs> tell the world what you think is the best under the radar Disney plus find. Uh, well, you know, Mike already said it, it is the 2015 uh, fantastic four uh, <laughs> yeah. remake. Uh, yeah. You know? It uh, can't miss. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I you know, that will... movie, like the director doesn't even want you to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. There's still potential in that film. I no, we're not relitigating fit. No, no, I know. I know. <laughs> Release the uh, trank cut. Gosh, <laughs> Trank doesn't even want the trank cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my choice is the uh, the 1991 uh, incredible the Rocketeer. Um, yes. That's I, I've I've often considered this to be my my second favorite movie but there are times where i i honestly have to question that and wonder why it's not it's not number this one this doesn't beat ghostbusters it, it's, it's i don't know there's times where i i watch this movie and it's i think more so than ghostbusters because i honestly did see ghostbusters when i was really young i was at just the right age that i can even now snap back to seeing that in the theater there's so many things about this movie. And for those who haven't seen The Rocketeer, uh, about this uh, test pilot, uh, Cliff Secord, played by Billy Campbell. What a great name. It is a great <laughs> name. Um, who in uh, 1938 uh, era, Los Angeles is working as a test pilot, um, comes into possession uh, somewhat mysteriously of this uh, rocket pack that you can strap to your back. It'll make you fly. Um, wonders where he got it realizes he can probably make some money using it but doesn't realize there are other uh groups that want this including the inventor of the pack uh who turns out to be howard hughes played by terry o'quinn pre-lost and um a an, a kind of errol flynn sort of actor a big hollywood type uh neville sinclair played by james bond timothy dalton um everybody's favorite bond Right. <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of, you know, because some mystery elements. Why does he want the rocket? Um, you know, what's going to happen here? I don't know. It's, it's basically some people have called it like kind of an Indiana Jones-esque film. Some people even called it like 
one of the first like Disney ventures into the superhero genre, certainly like a grandfather to to Marvel. It's cool that the director of the film, uh, Joe Johnston, would eventually helm the first Captain America film 20 years later. I mean, you could argue that without this, he wouldn't have gotten first. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this is Very clearly the like, DNA. they're like, yes. we need to make the Rocketeer, but with Captain America, let's hire the guy who did Rocketeer. Definitely. <laughs> um, it's And it's very cool to see uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, and see that like, this is, this really is like a, a kind of a cleaner, more beefed up rocketeer but i still love the rocketeer it just it it has like a disney look to it of that era like the live mm. action films kind of had a look to them but still it also has like i feel like i'm looking through a window into into the 30s um and here again just like all these other picks here there's not a bad person on this cast and I, it's, it's so Billy Campbell. We've got Jennifer Connelly as his actress girlfriend, um, who, who is great, well. by the way. This is so good. really yes. prime era Jennifer Connelly. Very much. <laughs> um, and this was after Labyrinth, correct? Yes. After Labyrinth. Labyrinth um, was like 88, 89, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Alan so Arkin, dude. Alan Arkin yeah, is his so assistant good. or mechanic, Peavy. He's great. Um, and I would say, Another cast member just as important would be, I'm a, you know, I'm a score guy. The music by James Horner is, I, without what he did on this movie, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure another, you know, great composer of that era could have done a fine job. But for some reason, what James Horner brought to this film, and I'm going to tell you guys, I am getting a little emotional because that music really is very <laughs> special to me. Um, the theme it was your you, first cloud atlas sextet wasn't it, it? actually yes <laughs> i'm gonna say yes um james horner you know for those of you who don't know he's done so many movies like especially the three of us have grown up with land before time uh field of dreams apollo 13 but talk about one, movies that make you emotional land before time real for real oh my god yes Back to me as a kid um the themes he created here i would say like the theme for the rocketeer which is kind of opens and closes the film but then you hear like a more amped up version when you know he's flying around and saving the day um it's i would say is better than what do you think guys think 95 percent of the marvel cinematic universe yeah, scores yeah, out there yeah. um well it's more distinct i'll give it yes, that yes uh, early marvel was uh, like pre-avengers up to avengers was great uh mm -hmm. but then they just kind of sound more same samey very much anyway um, neither here nor there yeah, no, it's 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 really too bad because this is one movie that I'm just so desperately wanting to show my kids. But three minutes into the movie, you have this gunfight, which is a major part of the plot where someone gets someone gets killed. And then like later in the movie, people are getting like broken in half by one of uh, the bad guys, henchmen trying to find the rocket. And there's other people who get murdered at various points so this is a good example didn't we talk recently about you know the older like what pg meant when we were yeah, kids yeah. <laughs> um i don't know what this would be rated now but anyways this this movie is simply simply incredible and and every time i see it i just never want it to end it always feels like it ends a little too quickly that's how how great it is and i don't know um yeah I, I could keep going about this. I, I'm um, as you're talking, I am I'm paying attention to you, Brian. I swear, but I'm also looking at James <laughs> Horner scores. Holy yeah. crap! Yeah. This guy, Wrath of Khan, Cocoon, Commando, Aliens, yeah. American Tale, uh, Batteries Not Included, Willow, Red Heat, Land Before Time, Field of Dreams, <laughs> yes. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and that was in a four year period. Yeah. Yeah, he... uh, up to glory in 1989. And then he just kept going. The 90s are just as, as stacked. Deep mm -hmm. Impact, Bicentennial Man, Perfect Storm. Mask big loss. The late, great James Horner, big loss. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Anyway, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I think as you, Mike was talking about this, we were so desperate for anything superheroes in the 80s and 90s Yeah, that when the Rocketeer came out, you couldn't help but love this. It was like the coolest superhero comic book that you never read, right? Like it was just yeah. so cool to see a guy flying around and he had such a cool helmet 
and he shot guns. It was he punched Nazis. He punched Nazis. He was Captain America. Like yeah, he really yeah. was Captain America. And it was so cool. And uh, yeah, I just, I have fond memories of that again, because as a kid desperate to see superheroes in any form, it was just really neat to see a live action one, even though I wasn't invested in the characters like I would have been in, you know, I even liked the 91 Captain America movie. I think it was 91 or 90 uh, at that time. Wait, wait, what? You don't remember that? Oh, at that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it now. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like that that desperate for stuff. But Rocketeer was like next level, obviously. This is way better. Um, But yeah, I just, I, uh, such a good nostalgic pick. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. It It is a fantastic film. That's all I got, Mike? That's all I got. It's literally... What else can you say about the Rocketeer that he hasn't said besides it's just fantastic and you can, can watch it? Can we argue it's the best thing that Billy Campbell ever did? Uh, yeah, for sure. I don't know. His role on the OC was pretty decent. What, uh, a, what a fine show that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is Billy Campbell's best. And it was cool to see that he, he came back to do the, the animated Rocketeer show, even though... Eh, that's uh, not what I was hoping for. It was what, for toddlers. Yeah. It was for toddlers. What do you think yes. of uh, of the remake that is being developed? The right sound now? of it. Well, well. Well, not a remake, more of a sequel. Yeah. Is yeah, it, it going to be like the fifties? I mean, hmm. whatever it is, uh, I'm all for Oyelowo throwing on the the backpack. Yeah, the I think it's going to be great. They just got to get the right person doing the music. And maybe it'll be that dude who finished his or did the conducting for Magnificent Seven after he passed away. Because I think Horner wrote the score for that before he died. And then his like assistant, I think, just finished finished it for him or something. I don't know. But or or get Silvestri, you know, get someone mm-hmm. else from that era that could that could capture that same vibe. But I don't know. That's my ready for thing. me to disappoint you, Brian. Oh, no, no. Remember who our first interview on this podcast was with? That was... Max Winkler. Was that our first one? The first one. Do you know what he was hired to do in July 2016? He was hired to do a Rocketeer film? A reboot called The Rocketeers. And he wrote a script. Is that with... There was going to be a girl in that? Is that right? I don't remember exactly. Um, Yeah, yeah. A black female pilot. That's right. Yes. Um, so we talked to a guy that you could have talked about Rocketeers for 30 minutes with, and we didn't mention <laughs> once. No, no. He could have given you all the details on an unmade Rocketeers movie. No. Color what are you best. trying to do to this man? I know. I, I just was looking through Wiki and I was like, oh my God, Max Winkler, friend of the show. Um, um, well, shit. In the words well, of the Rocketeer. Well, shit. <laughs> Classic um, catchphrase. <laughs> and that's another thing too. You mentioned the Indiana Jones link. I think it's really cool because uh, I was a fan of Indiana Jones. Still am a fan of Indiana Jones. Maybe not, mm-hmm. you know, 83-year-old Harrison Ford Indiana Jones, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> hopefully. But I, I really think that this takes the good parts of Indiana Jones, the, the kind of like uh, the aw shit kind of like hero that kind of messes up, isn't as great as he thinks he is sort of thing. And uh, just there's a superhero uh, coat of paint on it, which is great. Yeah. You know, I, I know Mike has said like with Man of Steel, like that was that Superman on day How one. How dare just... you? I was in a good mood. Hold I was on. in a good mood. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back here shortly. But my, Mike had like said, like, this is Superman trying to figure things out. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. With the Rocketeer, it's kind of the same way. Like, all throughout the movie, like you, you said before, like, you know, we could be this guy. Uh, yeah, this is just a normal dude who just found this rocket and was trying to figure out how it worked throughout the entire movie. I mean, there's even one scene where they have to repair uh, like a, a rip in the seam of the rocket with some chewing gum. So. <laughs> Like yeah. and it, it's which a, is a huge great, plot point. Yeah, yes, it, is. it really is. Um, so yeah, it's just cool to see. Like this is this is could be us. I guess you could say it is the Man of Steel of its day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I hate you, Mike D'Angelo. <laughs> Why did you have to take something I liked and ruin it with such comparisons? Uh, look at the poster for the Rocketeer, and then look at the Man of Steel poster. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, great posters 
for yeah. the Rocketeer. Yes. yes. So good. Um, and, and just that design, by the way, uh, in the 80s and 90s, because this arguably came at the time, this was in the post Batman 1989 era, right? Where yeah. big studios are like, oh shit, superheroes will work, right? And there were things like the Phantom. Do you remember that? The Shadow with Alec Baldwin and mm-hmm. then the Rocketeer, like all these like weird, obscure heroes because Marvel just didn't have their shit together. Um, <laughs> and though they didn't, they were like fighting bankruptcy and, you know, making that Fantastic Four movie and the Captain America movie and one of these days we'll have to talk about the un the unreleased fantastic four movie because that yes oh i would love to do that i would yeah yeah like genuinely i would too okay really quick you're my what yeah can you guys uh i I had a rocketeer poster on my wall all throughout high school can you guess which poster was next to it yes there is a disney connection can you guess which poster i had next to that one e3 the mighty ducks (laughs) are you did you get it was that it for real yes that's Are hilarious. you serious? I'm dead serious. I was joking. <laughs> Not even the good Mighty Ducks. No, like, was, I would, I would rank that D2 3. was pretty good. <laughs> wow. Mike D'Angelo. Yes. What yeah. was it? was D3. I know you so well, was... my jokes are correct. Yeah. <laughs> what was the subtitle or the, the subhead for that? It was D3 colon what? The, I think it was just the Mighty, the Mighty Ducks. Ducks. D3, yeah. the Mighty Ducks. Oh, they yeah, didn't have like Mighty Ducks Return special. or something? No, the, no, D2, the Mighty Ducks, D3, the Mighty Ducks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh lame the poster wasn't great it was just like the mighty ducks like mask uh and then i think emilio Estevez was standing there staring at you so he every night he stared at me as i as i slept what a what a the not to get too much on a tangent here because i think you can get the the mighty ducks films on disney plus but um what a weird thing that t2 comes out and then like they're like (laughs) d2 the mighty ducks it's like what you yes. can't just like rip off uh don't you speak ill movie? of d2 the mighty ducks that is a fantastic no, film it is it is movie. i just think it's hilarious that of all <laughs> the movies to rip off that titling it's like a disney hockey kids movie mm-hmm. yeah to be fair d3 did have the mall of america scene did it not uh oh did it i Which, believe that was the mall of america is that, scene. wait is that when fulton and charlie were talking about their future oh, they were yeah. skating around yeah. together yeah i think oh, you're right boy. Oh boy. Is are either of you guys watching the Disney Plus original series uh Mighty Ducks Game Changers? I think it's called. Oh yeah. I, I did not finish the first season. Was it decent? It, Is it like Cobra Kai uh, or no? It's there's some there's some moments. Some of the cast members from the films do come back. Um, does Pacey return? They, that so episode nice. was enjoyable, the one where the the most most of the cast came back. Uh, yes. Joshua Jackson does not. Oh, poor guy. Apparently they were setting him up like that. He might come back in season two, but now Emilio Estevez is gone. So yeah. Contract uh, disputes. Yes. Kids mm-hmm. movies or kids shows are not even immune to contract disputes. You know, <laughs> I once got like, did you guys do like the troll book orders back in elementary school? Of course there was, I remember getting one and in there it had the, the novelization for D2, but it wasn't called D2. It was labeled the Mighty Ducks part do like Hot Shots part do. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, that's very odd. Like, what? Well, that's really very similar to this other not great movie that just came Wait, out. What was the Disney marketing team smoking that they're like, <laughs> just trying everything with the Mighty Ducks sequel? Just call it I number know. two. Why yes. was it like, okay, it's either D2 or part do. You're yes. Like, what? <laughs> Why are we doing this? You're you're right though. Why didn't they use a different subtitle for the third movie? That's that's actually very strange. <laughs> because they didn't fucking need to. No, mm-hmm. they didn't. Oh boy. Anyway, we'll do a whole Mighty Ducks episode eventually because there's a lot to look to forward to. About. I can't Thanks. believe I I guessed randomly and got the poster that was on your wall. That's great. I think I got it from Pizza Hut. That's scary. Wow. That's scary. I was talking with my wife about this, actually. Pizza Hut. Do you guys remember when they give like movies like VHSs for when yeah, you would, like, I had read- the turtles? Oh, one. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I had uh, speaking again of Disney Plus because they have everything. The X-Men animated series. Yep. I got on VHS like the first yeah. three episodes from you Pizza guys Hut. both got that. I never got that. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> was that what the I wore those pizza? tapes out? <sighs> What Did was they have what? a cool? And now you was can watch a- it on Disney Plus. Oh, I know, I know. Good, it all comes good back. Pivot. Well, pivot. so well, yeah. So uh, that actually is a good pivot because I wanted to talk about some honorable mentions. Um, 
for me, I, I was thinking there were a lot of movies. I, I think we talked offline about this. That I was going through the list. You can literally, there are, it's not like Netflix where they have like 40,000 movies. They, <laughs> they have a, a, a list that you can go through A to Z and it's not going to take you all day. And uh, I saw like Willow is on there. Really good course, movie. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, uh, the 2015's Mighty Ducks movies. The Fantastic Four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the Fantastic Fours. Um, even Fant Four Stick. Uh, the, the, but yeah, but also the animated series. Like if you're a comic book fan, the original Spider-Man series, the original, well, not the original Spider-Man, but the 90s Spider-Man series, the 90s X-Men series, you can watch in all their glory. And that's awesome. And then you can catch up reason. On- Hmm. I was just going to say, but for whatever reason, my kids really got hooked on the 90s Hulk series. Yeah, so I've seen really? that like 15 times now. But nice. You- I remember loving the Silver Surfer series. Oh, yeah. Because of the CG that they would have to do kind of the trippy space scenes. Yes. So good. They have like the 90s Avengers TV series, cartoon series, yep. when they tried to make the Avengers like ultra cool. So they all had like weird padding and shit. Uh yeah, good stuff, man. Alvin and the Chipmunks chipwrecked. <laughs> okay, so Mike joked that he was going to choose that movie. I kind of think you actually. I was enjoy choosing it. the Squeakwall, actually. Oh, what I was choosing. Oh, do you actually? Was there another one it? after that? Was there yeah, another one after that? Chipwrecked. Uh, chipwrecked. There's yeah. there's been four of them, I believe. Is uh, Mallrats guy in all of them? I don't know. I don't think I've seen any of them in in their entirety. Really, you have kids though. Yeah, I've for some reason they haven't hooked onto those, so wow. maybe later. Okay. Yeah. And and Brian, your kids don't care about Alvin and the Chipmunks. No, uh, I think I even I tried to show them the uh, what the '80s uh, the you know watch out because here we come that one that version and they just <laughs> they were they checked out. I don't think they're super down for any of the old school. I hate saying old school. That's our childhood, but any of that anime world how are they your kids man uh, it's, it's it, but then they'll watch like a goofy short from the early 40s so only know. if it's racist though it's really weird. If- <laughs> <laughs> i haven't i haven't Excellent. really talked to your kids but i love them your your, <laughs> your daughter makes great cookies yeah she does well she sells me good cookies she's, that sounds she's, terrible um yeah, she's a girl scout here? Yeah, she's a Girl Scout, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, okay, I think with that said, it's time to uh, to put a bow on this episode and let's let's <laughs> let's end it. Uh, don't you agree? Mm-hmm. Fine, uh, Mike. Yes. I mean, you didn't talk about Doug's first movie, but that's fine. <laughs> Wait a minute, is Doug's on there. Doug is Doug's on not there. on there. Doug what is I, on there. I thought he was on uh, Paramount. Is he not? Well, here's the thing. Doug was. Uh, for a little while part of the disney family and then what? he went back yeah he's he's had multiple ownerships the the world of doug is one we could spend an entire podcast on my friends <laughs> we're not i can promise people we are never going to have a doug podcast oh no um, unless marvel reboots doug as the next avenger marvel's we're, doug we're, 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 we're <laughs> oh my god that sounds doug. great marvel's doug oh oh yeah. man uh, starring chris pratt um, <laughs> yes, yes. in a doug sense. suit like a full body doug suit um so it doesn't conflict with star lord okay <clears throat> everybody if you've been listening this long thank you for paying attention uh and just as a general overview of what we've got coming up um because the holidays are approaching we're gonna have uh quite a few fun episodes coming, including a special pitch episode, uh, which I won't give the subject about, but I think it's coming up soon. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to also do at least one or two year-end list episodes, possibly a redo of the most disappointing films like we did last year. And of course, we're going to have some holiday-inspired episodes as well. So stick around over the next six weeks-ish. Can you believe it's only six weeks or done this year? Oh, um, but yeah, we'll have some great stuff coming up. So make sure you stick around. And, you know, if you like Mike D'Angelo's uh, witty humor, <laughs> check out him and Rodrigo nerding out over cowboy shit over on Yellowstoners. Um, You're damn right. It is a delightful. Do you guys say show. y'all and yeehaw? I said giddy up uh, at some point in the podcast. I think you, I, I, I did listen to a little bit. You did say rootin' tootin'. I did. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, why not? Is okay. what, It was why. If 
if you don't have a country accent by the next well i say by episode well, they three don't four, really have country accents. i don't you care need to watch i don't the care show. i don't care it's about cowboys they all have country accents they're not jeez oh, this is this is this is why you need to watch the show. This is wonderful. Disrespectful. <laughs> Between you this and Rodrigo telling me it's like Godfather and Succession, which I do it not is. believe. It is. It's about cowboys. Yeah, but with cowboys. Okay. Whatever. Don't insult Mr. Waterworld, okay? He's <laughs> Mr. Waterworld. <laughs> we did talk listening. about Kevin Costner movies on this. What was that? Let him go or something? That was a good yes. movie. Let me go. Yeah. Let, yes, yes, it, yes. let me go. Isn't it let me go? That was like let him go or hold on, hold on, hold on. It really doesn't matter. Nobody's it listening is anymore. They've let shit. <laughs> let shit. That's a terrible name for let a movie. No, I just got a Haley Steinfeld song instead. What? Oh, she's got a song. Googling. Called let me go. That's what Don't, it was. Just Google Kevin Costner. Why are we why are we recording right now? <laughs> I'm leaving all of this in the edit. It is. The it's called right. "Let Him Go." You're right. Exactly. Here. Thank you. Let me go. Jeez. Let it go. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> anyway, keep listening if you listen to this stuff because we're gonna have some other things uh, that are are just as weird. So <laughs> stick around. Thanks. Uh...